It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. At LMFM.ie or download the LMFM app. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara Tundok and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. You're very welcome to Tuesday's Late Lunch on this second day of November. Let's get straight to business. Recognised nationally and internationally as one of opera's greatest stars, Celine Bourne is back treading the boards again after that great sabbatical which was foisted upon one and all. She's appearing at the Solstice in Navan this Friday and it's been such a long time since we've had a chat. Hello again, how are you? Hi, honey, how are you? I'm really good. You know, I've missed you because you and I would pass like ships in the night, perhaps once a year, you know yourself on stage, and it just hasn't been happening. I've missed you so much. Oh, and it's not every it's not every DJ I can come on and go, Hiya, honey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm blushing here. Oh, I really please. am. I'm blushing. I'll- Stop, stop. We're all, we're all friends. We're all friends. We're united now because coming through the pandemic, we're coming out with a tour de force even stronger. Yes, absolutely. God almighty. I've, how many people have I said it to Celine like yourself? It's been just incredible what's happened. But you've been getting back. I've been noticing you're moving internationally and nationally again. Yeah, it's been very busy, actually, since the doors started kind of opening. I've burst through them, so as to speak. So it's great. I was in Austria this year performing to 5,000 people every night outdoors doing an opera. And then um, at home, I was doing concerts behind closed doors to cameras. Mm. And then when it opened up again, I was the first person to sing in front of a live audience um, in the Borgosh Energy Theatre. And also when full capacity was announced, I did a concert in Nace uh, that you were talking about to full capacity last on the 22nd. So that was good. Yeah, so it's been it's been really good. Yeah, mm. I can't complain really. And anyway, who wants to complain? There's enough there's enough misery in the world. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about the pandemic anymore or how tough it was or anything like that. Ah, oh, certainly. But do you know what? I was reading a lovely interview you did back. Was it March time in the Independent? Sort of question and answers about aspects of your life. And uh, yeah. you missed. You really missed the travelling and the staying away. You love that aspect of your work, even though you miss your children and family. I know. Yeah, no, I do. I do. No, do what did I say? I miss them. I know, of course. I do. <laughs> no, I, I, I did miss the travelling. You know, I love. 
I love traveling and um, I find great peace when I'm on an airplane because I know I can't be disturbed mm. because other than that, I'm on my phone, I'm on my computer, I'm learning my music, I'm singing, I'm doing something. And when I sit down and relax, I, that's why I look forward to going on a plane because I go, oh, great, I can relax now undisturbed for a few minutes. I was more so thinking, hey, I, I know you love that. I was more thinking about the bat full of bubbles. Oh, I love that. Oh, I do love going to the hotels and just chilling. Oh, yeah, it's all good. I have a lovely bath here, but I, ha- I think I've been in it once in the whole time I've lived here. So it's just busy. Yeah. I'm just busy all the time, you know, because yeah, yeah. it's, it's a busy lifestyle. But also, you know, I've got my family and living in the country lends itself to a lot of work that has to be done, yeah. you know, out in the garden and things like that. But um, yeah, I did miss the traveling and I did miss the kind of going away and, and see, do you know what it was? It was meeting people and, mm. and going out and meeting people. And it was like, I felt a great energy when I went somewhere, you know, because you're um, singing on stage. It was a great outlet of expressionism. And I think because I wasn't working, I lost that. And I kind of, for somebody who's so um, extroverted, I kind of turned a little slightly introverted, you know, and I mm. became a different person or yeah, it was just strange. So now I'm back to the old me. Woo! <laughs> Good on you. And you talk about loss. And it would be remiss of me not to mention it. You lost your lovely dad and your mum-in-law uh, during yeah. the lockdown as well, Celine. Yeah. For anybody who's lost anybody during those times, it was shocking, wasn't it? Not able to grieve them properly. You know, people come to pay their no, respects. Listen, yeah, it was tough. But as I said, you know, I think I'm not, being, I'm not trying to dismiss the conversation because I'm very happy to talk about my dad and mm. to talk about death and to talk about grief. But I think people are, are done with that now. We're trying to move into a kind of more positive way mm. of thinking, you know, because we still have a lot of problems with the virus, with the amount of people that are in hospital at the moment. So it's we're just trying to hope for the best that we don't get another lockdown or yeah. anything like that, you know. Mm. But um, it's good to just focus on a positive and you yeah, know, yeah, think of yeah. the work ahead and the days ahead. Oh, listen, that's, uh, you know, and we've been at that here for months on end here, trying to, you know, be practical in reporting things and dealing with situations, but trying to keep the good side out too. Um, mm. you, you, I mentioned at the top there, you're coming to the Solstice in Navin this Friday. I think there's a handful of tickets left, is there? Just a small number, I believe. Mark, yeah, Mark well, Cahill it's, tells it's, me. It's, it's Mark Cahill's gig and... Um, we're all kind of lending our our artistry to it, and um, he's he's working on an album with me at the moment. So hopefully, we'll um, have that out soon. And we're trying to we're going to release a song, Nana Muscuri's Only Love, for Valentine's Day. So maybe you'll play it for us. Right. So um, uh, yeah. So when I met him by chance during the lockdown, it was to record a song that somebody had written and asked me to sing and record and I did and then I just yeah I was mad about him I thought Jeannie you're a great crack to work with and he said oh I thought you were a stuffy opera singer and I said well I thought you were going to be boring kind of uh, (laughs) geek you know (laughs) but we we really clicked and yeah we're working together now and collaborating and Ivory Sessions is one of his babies where he gets different artists to come and perform and he has different themes and he's um, Ivory Sessions CD out now, number one and number two. And Friday will be a celebration of the work that he's done to date in studio. So good for him. Well, I can vouch for what he said. You're the, one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever met, uh, I have to well, say. Oh, we'll see about that. You'd better buy me a bowl of soup at least. 
<laughs> no, I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't snap your pint, that's for sure. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and hopefully, please God, I'll get to perform at Christmas in Solstice. I'm just waiting to hear back now from the theatre about maybe a Christmas date because I think I was in last, you know, trying to kind of find... Um, theatres because I didn't know nobody knew what the story was so now that it's announced full capacity and we're back to normal mm. or as normal as it can be I'm going to try and do like a mini tour at Christmas as well so um, people uh, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open and uh, keep an eye on my website and Facebook and things and I'll make an announcement about Christmas dates We certainly will another couple of things I picked out of your little soiree in the Indo earlier in the year uh, you'd mm. love to have dinner with the president. I, th- I thought you'd have met the president and had to have had dinner I with him. I have met him what? loads of times, but it's been normally around other people where we're having chit chat, and mm. it's all very like he's Uktaron Heron and I'm Celine Burns Prano. I would just love always Mickey D and Celine Burns. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sit down and like the hats off, so that we can just sit down and you know I think he's such an intelligent man. He's very stimulating and I just, I, I, I would be engrossed in conversation. And it would probably be the first person that I ever sat down to dinner to and I actually didn't talk and I just listened for the whole com- for the whole evening. That won't <laughs> happen. Are you joking me? Would you let me, would you let me slip a microphone in? That would be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be because he's great. He's a great man. Um, The other thing is, I didn't, I didn't know this about you that uh, you mentioned your garden and your home, and you know uh, all the time you've spent there this last uh, couple of years or so. You're a great baker. You bake. Would you like to do the great? British Bake Off sometime. Would you no, be up to that? No, I would not. No, do you know what it is? I think it comes, it stems from being a mommy, right? Mm. You're cleaning the house and you're making the dinner. That's probably another reason why I like going away. And it's, you have to do that because you have to feed your family, right? But as soon as you bake something, they're like, oh, that's gorgeous. Oh, man, that's lovely. And it's like, oh, get a little bit of praise here. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> And so, yeah, and my children don't eat uh, dairy and neither do I. So um, that's why I make kind of different kind of cakes for them. So mm. that then, you know, because they don't, any of those cakes that you buy are, are all cream cakes or something like that. So my son loves um, cheesecake and um, I know that's made with, um, that is dairy because that's made with cream cheese. Yes. But my daughter will only kind of eat carrot cake but no icing but she loves the carrot cake you know oh Celine tell me do you make a good so, carrot cake a great carrot cake I tell you it? I do every every kind of like a bar mitzvah communion Christmas whatever I'm always asked Celine if you're coming can you bake a carrot cake and I'm like yeah okay no problem your speciality I might make you one instead I of do Oh, dude, listen, I'd love that. We have, you see, our annual Christmas pudding competition here in late lunch and uh, listeners from all around send us in their puds and that. And then we we crown a winner. I'll tell you this. Send me. I'll I'll try and keep you to that. If you get a chance at all and put the stuff on the top of it, the the cream on the top, won't you? The icing. Oh, I will. Yeah. Yeah, very absolutely. important. I love it with that. I couldn't take it with there. So there you are. Celine Byrne is making me a carrot cake for Christmas this year. You heard it <laughs> first. And a little marzipan carrot on the top. <laughs> oh, listen. Listen, now I'm really salivating, to be honest with you. So uh, Nana Muscuri, just coming back for a second before we finish, you mentioned there, she was simply wonderful. So you're going to cover one of hers, you hope, for this single in the spring? Yeah, for, for Valentine's Day. Lovely. Only love. 
only mm, love. It's great one of the song. first songs I think I I learned where I was sitting at the radio with my chair beside the radio, pressing stop, play it, rewind to try and write down the words because, Jesus, I'm sure my age now. There was no <laughs> Google back then to Google the lyrics. So, and so not all the tapes. Some of the tapes had the lyrics in the in the sleeve, but not all did. Yeah. So I remember buying her um was an old kind of cassette and had White Rose of Athens and Only Love and everything. And I remember sitting there going, oh, I'd love to learn that song. So I had to write down the words she was singing them and stop, mm. rewind, play. You're, you're talking about an era that's mine as well. I can remember that stop, start, rewind and the blank tapes and me recording the hits of the day from the radio. Oh, and I hated the DJs that in the middle of the song <laughs> yes. would go, woohoo, or yay, and that was. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you could choke them. You could choke them because they just ruined your perfect recording. Oh my God, Selena. Now it's downloads and streaming and you know all that type of stuff that's so important as well. Well, look, at. I just wanted to say hello to you today and thank you for joining me. It's been all too long. I hope to see you again soon. Looking forward to the carrot cake. And don't forget, folks, starting this Friday, yes, the Ivory Sessions, the 5th of November in the Solstice Arts Centre. Celine, Liam Lawton, Charlie McGettigan, Pilgrim Street and more all uh, produced by the wonderful Mark Cahill and there's a handful of tickets left anyway take care of yourself see you soon bye take care bye bye that's Celine Byrne there you get what you see with that woman that's for sure she's the most down to earth woman you ever met and she is an international superstar she really is Bino Caro, Celine Byrne, isn't it just beautiful? Puccini wrote that one many, many moons ago and she's a, a woman who loves to perform Puccini when she gets the opportunity, which she did uh, this year in Austria in front of a huge audience, but she's absolutely fantastic, lovely, lovely voice, Ara Celine. Jerry, I think you got a new listener yesterday. Really? Mm. Who? You, were, you were giving out about a certain Elon Musk. I was. What were you saying? <laughs> well... Two percent, didn't I say, of that man's wealth would sort out world hunger. Must have heard you. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I believe he went on Twitter yesterday and uh, because obviously a lot of people were talking about it and it was across um, all internet and went viral about it. And he said, he went on Twitter and he shot back that if uh, WFP, which is the United Nations World Food Programme, yeah. can describe on this Twitter thread exactly how six billion will solve world hunger. I will t- sell Tesla stock right now and do it. But it must be open source accounting so the public sees precisely how the money is spent. I know where he's coming from. I do too. He's coming from the point of view that a lot of aid and help, financial and food and stuff, have gone to countries in need and it has disappeared. And mm-hmm. it's been taken and sold on, etc. And there's been, you know, questionable uh, distribution and handling of monies. And that is a fair point that he makes there. But let's say, let's say, OK, in response to that, that this happens, that it is fully transparent above board and it gets to the right people in the end. 
the time for talking's over. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Let's make sure that well, happens. Well, he did go back to him, this chief that made those um, kind of... Mm. Uh, I suppose challenges to him went back and he said okay 6 billion wouldn't end world hunger but would mm. go a long way to address immediate crisis yes and he went back and he said he urged the UN executive to publish your current and proposed spending in detail so people can see exactly where money mm. goes sunlight is a wonderful thing okay there you go so uh, the, the debate has opened the offer is there it's up to other people to respond now and let's see what happens but you know the thing about this COP26 and all this that's going on thing is Louise it's great there's so much talk and focus on it now, mm. you know, all round, that hopefully in, at the end of the day, it won't be hot air, it won't all be talk. There will be actions to meet the talk. That is the important thing. Anyway, thank you, Mr. You're Musk. You and thank you for letting me know that. I, I didn't realise that. Now, my next guest on the show has a story to tell, and he's not a happy camper, to be honest with you. Jimmy Crosby, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Now, the Puka Festival has uh, run over the Halloween period and was a big build-up to it and lots of people went along to it and enjoyed it. When did you book your tickets? Uh, I booked my tickets probably at the beginning of October because my daughter's birthday was on the 29th, so I wanted to make sure we were going to get there on Friday the 29th. So I booked them probably about the 3rd or 4th of October. So you were nearly booking, you were in in plenty of time. And what time did you book for? We booked, well, we had a choice of times from 5.30 till uh, 11.10. That was the, the latest booking would have been 11.10, which your uh, uh, visit would have been over at 12.30. So we booked from 10pm until 11.40pm at night. On the 29th and great excitement all around. I'm sure you want to be there in the dark to really enjoy it and as late as possible. I know the story. How many were going along? Well, uh, it was my daughter who had who was torn in 10, Zoe, and her sister, Sinead, uh, myself and my wife, and uh, my niece and four of Zoe's friends. So there was 10 of us in total. 10 all together and you're around the RD area. You made your way up in plenty of time. Two cars, two car loads of you and you got in ready for the off. Yes, we're getting ready for, well, if you want to call the off or the, off, the on or the off, whichever you like to call it. It's, uh, yes, we arrived uh, there about 10 to 10, so we did on the Friday night. Now, it had been raining and all that, which we didn't mind. We were dressed and all ready for mm. it. It didn't make any difference. Mm. So we arrived in and we were told where to park and we parked up and uh, we walked down to another place to show our tickets and we showed our tickets. And from the ticket booth then we were told where to go. So we were told to go over to our left-hand side. And as we were walking over we could see some acrobatics going on and all that. But just as we arrived over, it was finishing. So, it was. so we thought, oh, okay, right. Let's go on when we go on round the place, and we'll see what the trail and the, what what else is on offer. Mm. So there had to be something else on offer. So we walked by by all that. All the fires were going out at that stage and everything like that. So we walked on by them, and then showed us another where we were supposed to walk down the trail. Now, when we were booking, it said it was about a kilometre, a kilometre and a half of a walk. Then we would be going, and we'd see loads of different things on the way down. Mm. And we started walking down, and. Uh, we seen not there was a, 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 a um, smoke machine, and it puffed out a bit of smoke. There was uh, two characters there along the track. So there was, and uh, there was these um, fireflies, but they weren't. It was only just 
buzzy things flying around mm. in the woods. And in the woods, in one of the trees, there was like, two canvases hanging off with uh, pictures of uh, people hanging off them. Uh, you know, a screen. But when we arrived there, there was nothing. It was nothing. You know, that was, that was the end of it. So we came to the end of of the walk, mm. and we thought, okay, right. Well, as we thought, the end of one path, we were walking back back the second part, and there was absolutely nothing there. Absolutely nothing. So we came into this courtyard, and there was um, it was kind of like lanterns and all that flying around, a display of them in the centre of the courtyard. There was nobody around that. There was nothing there. That was only just for a second. So we walked through. Now, this was a, literally a 10-minute walk. Mm. So it was, if, it, if it was 10 minutes. So we walked into the next courtyard. We said, OK, well, we, there has to be something else here. But in the meantime, we seen a chip wagon there in the corner. And it was open. And we walked over. And I said, right, girls, we just like chips or whatever. So I walked over to the lady. And I said, hey, can we have some chips? Uh, no, she says, sorry, we're closed. And I says, oh, OK. That's all right. Beside the chip wagon was um, another stall that was selling alcohol. <laughs> and you could buy alcohol if you wanted. There was no problem buying the alcohol. But the chip wagon was closed. So we went through, uh, security guards put us through to the next part. And uh, where there was supposed to be fire dancers there, there was two girls there. And they were blowing out. Again, they were blowing at the, the fires. And they said, eh, that's us finished now for the night. And they walked back and they said hello. They did say hello. And then they just walked straight back and walked into the hut and pulled down the the cover of the hut. And that was it. So your experience of Puka, and this was in Slane Castle, in the grounds of Slane Castle, is is not a happy one? Absolutely not. Not what was advertised, because we thought from the advertising that we were going to, because they had all the illuminations on the front of the castle and everything, that we'd be allowed to walk around and see the illuminations in the front of the castle, that... There would be something happening, and specifically for the time. Mm. And as as we had gone round, and uh, I had just let the girls go on another bit, and I went back up to see the girls that we that we booked in our tickets with, and I said, "What's happening here? Is there anything going on?" The girls, this was supposed to be spooky. There was no nothing Hollywood, Halloweenish about it. Absolutely nothing. Not a pumpkin. Not a not nothing. Absolutely nothing. It, what it said when we were booking and I actually checked with them on the messenger uh, so I did uh, two weeks before we went and I said is it family friendly and will the kids you know will it be Halloweenish for the kids and all that and they said absolutely because I had the message back from them yes mm. it's full of family friendly and everything so I went back up to the girl and she says uh, the girl and she says well and the staff were very very nice staff were absolutely I have to be honest the yeah. security staff and the girls that were checking the tickets they were really nice so I said to the girl, is this it for, uh, it was 200, 198 euro for our tickets for the two cars, 198 euro, because uh, it was 22 euro 50 each, and they took, uh, if you went with five people in the car, it was 90 euro, mm. and then you had your booking fee on top of that. So I turned around and I said to the girl, what, is there something, are we supposed to see something else? And she says, well, I don't know, and I could hear her getting on the radio. So I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll come back to you in five minutes. I'll leave it with you for a few minutes. And this is one part that's honestly true. As I was went down and I seen the girls were all right, they were just standing down there and I came back up. I, as I was walking back up, I could hear the two-way radios talking to each other and uh, I could hear somebody saying that this man's coming back up and he says, well, I'm after telling them to do something and get started and get to it again. That's exactly what they, was coming in from one radio to the other. Mm. And I said, oh, well, I'm after hearing this. 
And I said, is there a manager here? And she said, eh, well, he wants to see you up here now. Mm. So I won't mention the man's name, but the man came up to me and I just turned around and I said to him, like, we brought her daughter here. We asked all these questions before we came in. We looked it up. All the hype up of us and everything like that. It was, we're booked in from 10 p.m. until 11.40. Can you tell me what's happening or what we're supposed to see here tonight? And because this was the latest the girls had ever, this was our big adventure yes. for Halloween. This was our big adventure and, and my daughter's for her 10th birthday. And he says, eh, well, I'm sorry. He says, there's different crowds eh, doing different things and we're not over this one and we're not over that one. And I said, a bit the chip wagons and everything been closed. We couldn't even get them a bag of chips. And he says, eh, look, I'm really, really sorry. He says, eh, and I said, look, just because I talked to me man to man, says I, with me 10 year old, he says, I have a 10 year old daughter as well. And he says, if I was, he says, I would be, but we, I would be very, very annoyed as well. He says, but we only had eight weeks to put this together. Mm. And I, I said, well, if you only had eight weeks to put this together, why did you let people book? And why did you let people book after dark? And there were still people coming in after us. And as I was talking to him, there was people actually getting in the queue to talk to both the security guards and to him that they were absolutely disgusted paying this money. This kind of money for literally a 10-minute walk. Mm. And that's literally what it was. And then you were uh, back at the gate again. It was it was a complete and utter shambles. I will not blame the staff that was there on the night, uh, mm. the security staff, as I say, and that. But they completely, completely left them. There was nothing. There was absolutely no value for money. So there wasn't. They 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 they, they didn't even know themselves. Mm. They actually really did. The staff did not know themselves. Did you get your money back? I asked him, yes. I asked him, uh, the man that I was talking to, and he said he would organise a refund. Now, it hasn't appeared yet. But they said that we would get a refund. Okay, so you've committed to a refund. What time did you get home at? We were home at about 10 to 11. And after us telling, like, we had got all the fair play to all the other mammies and daddies of Zoe's friends. Yeah. We said, look, it's going to be 12.30, more than likely, when we're home. Because we'll get, a, when we're finished, whatever we're going around, we'll get a bag of chips or whatever, for them, yeah. and then we'll leave them home. And all the mammies and daddies were surprised that we were back so quick. And you, I said, well, there was nothing we could do. You were back before... You should have been still on the tour when you were actually back home. And I can only imagine the disappointment of your daughter and her friends. Listen, I have a statement uh, in from uh, the Puka people and it says, I'll read it to you. This is what we've got, OK? Yeah. We, we sincerely apologise that the Puka Illuminations was not the experience that Jimmy and Anna Crosby rightly expected. We have since been engaging with the family and they have been refunded in full on this basis. You're telling me you haven't got the refund yet? No, they said it was on its way back, so okay. it hasn't appeared okay. back. We'll, we'll take, we'll take them at, at yeah. their word there that you will yeah. have it. It goes on to say, unfortunately, due to unforeseen staffing issues on Friday evening, some performance elements stopped prematurely. The Puka Illuminations was the first event of this kind at Slane Castle, and we worked hard to create an engaging and COVID-safe experience at a time of changing restrictions. End of statement. That's what we've got in from them. What do you make of that? I think that they they absolutely should not have run it or advert. They've spent so they said that they hadn't got enough staff. There was so many security staff than anybody else there. So the, the staffing was not a problem that mm. I could see mm. because there was definitely there was definitely twenty to twenty five security people. Definitely twenty in this small area in yes. this ten minute walk. Mm. There was twenty twelve uh, twenty five security staff and. Uh, they did not give, they didn't even have anything whatsoever got to do with Halloween. 
anything, the, the amount of money that they have put in, Jerry, to the to the advertising of this was, uh, if they had to have taken some of that house and put it back into the performances, they were. There was nothing there for a family for children. There was nothing there. Okay. To be honest, as we walked by, Jerry, and this is honest, as we were walking down the trail. As I told you, there was two two characters there. One uh, character jumped out of the ditch when the kids had gone by. And my daughter, Zoe, turned around and said to me, I said, Zoe, did you see that? And she said, what? I thought it was you, she said. That's the word she said to me at 10 years ago. I thought she wasn't, never even excited them one day. Yeah, look at Jimmy, I, I hear what you're saying. It was a total letdown, a total disappointment from your point of view. You are getting your money back, but really it doesn't make up in a way for the experience that was expected. Look, I'm going to leave it there and throw it out there to listen and see if anybody else had anything to say about it. You did confirm to us that there were other people queuing up there that weren't happy either, but let's see where we go. I, I Look, I thank you for highlighting it because really when you put something on, it should meet the expectations. That is a fact. And they have uh, in their statement said that it didn't. They've conceded that, that it didn't, and they have apologised for it. Look, keep in touch with us. I hope you get your money back, and we'll see what this brings from people listening to us today as well, Jimmy. Thank you for highlighting it. Thanks very, very much, Jerry. Take care. Not at all. Take care now. Bye-bye. Anybody else with a a good experience of Puka in Slane this year, or an indifferent one, or a bad one? We'd love to hear from you on the show. 086-1800-658. You can WhatsApp or text me to the show, or if you'd like to call in, it's 1850-715-958. I was at Puka on Friday, Jerry says another listener, and it was the biggest waste of money ever. It's terrible to hear that because it's a fantastic concept and, you know, uh, whatever went wrong went wrong, but it needs certainly a post-mortem for sure. When I think of Causey Farm, where myself and Louise went to a couple of years ago and the experience over there, unbelievable and worth every euro, I have to say. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on this one as it rolls on. Now, my next guest is an author, teacher, spiritual guide, a woman who understands the value of ancient wisdom, its manifestation in Celtic spirituality and relevance then, now and tomorrow and at the beginning of Samhain on All Souls Day. And with a national holiday mooted for St. Bridget's Day, I'm so pleased to say hello again to Dolores Whelan. Dolores, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, on this beautiful sunny day and I'm very excited about the fact that our matron saint Bridget will be the, uh, will be celebrated in the new national holiday. It's really, really important. I thought of you as soon as I heard it announced. One <laughs> name came into my mind, Dolores Whelan, and in lights, I have to say, no, we 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 don't understand. It could be a one-off. It could be a permanent holiday, but it's a wonderful recognition, Dolores. Well, I, I think it is a recognition, but what, if we think about it, it's 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 a holiday that has is 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 kind of being put in. I, I don't know whether it's a one-off or not. We don't know that yet. I don't think they'll be allowed to take it back if they put it in. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, Bridget, you know, if we think about why Bridget, well, first of all, she is, the, she, is, she is the representation of the divine feminine within the spiritual tradition of this country and within its mythology since way back, Bruna uh, Bonia, all the way through the Celtic period and the Celtic Christian period. And she stands at the centre of our spiritual tradition. In its indigenous form, and, you know, it isn't always acknowledged, but uh, as you know, I came to Bridget quite late in life. I mean, I never heard of her when I was growing up, really. Mm. Never made a Bridget's Cross when I was at school, you know, just didn't do that. Um, but I went to for her then, I was just flicking through some things, 
And I, the first time I gave a talk about Bridget was in 1992. I didn't even realize it was that early. It's just a small talk and to a small group. But it's like, there was, I go to Ford very often. Now, Bridget in Kildare is wonderful too. And anytime I'm in that part of the country, I go there. But when I go to Ford, what I experience is peace, deep peace. It's a beautiful place. Um, there's an energy of, of, oh, of, of a great connection with the land. And I think this is what makes Bridget different from, say, some of the other saints. Uh, and is that that she comes out of the land, is part of the land, and she helps us to understand how to live in alignment with the earth and with the seasons of the earth and with the needs of the earth. And as like this, as we speak, there's that massive conference in Glasgow happening, in endeavouring to help us humans get back in alignment with with our with who we are. Mm. You see, we kind of think we're not connected to the earth. We can't exist for one microsecond without all the systems that the earth has yes. offers to us. That supports us. And, and Dolores, that's why you're with me today. Today is All Souls Day, and I yes, well is. remember you telling me in the past the veil between this world and the other world is at its thinnest at this time. You know, that other world you talk about, talk to me about that for a moment and where we're all headed. Yeah, but it's, when, you know, one of the things, I, I've just read a really amazing book on death from the Celtic tradition's perspective, and it, 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 one of the things it says is, death is not a tragedy. Death is a net part, a natural part of natural life. Everything that lives, dies, goes into uh, uh, the other world, if you like, and is reborn. But in our culture, we have a tremendous fear of death. But I just want to go back to your question. Um, one of my great teachers was Antahar Shonodin. He was a monk in Glenstall Abbey. And he talked about the importance. And I think this is what makes uh, the Celtic spiritual tradition so important, is that the Celtic mythology always understood that this physical material world emerges from the non-physical spiritual world. Okay, And you can't have one without the other. But people who don't believe in any other dimension apart from the physical can't, wouldn't accept that, and that's perfectly fine. However, what, when we understand that we're in, in a process where there is this, this, let me just bring it back to Samhain. So here we are on the, in the second day. Well, this is the third day, actually, Halloween, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day. Those are the three days that are, if you like, the Festival of Sound. And the Festival of Sound actually opens the gate into the other world from which the new year is then born, as it were. Because uh, we finish, uh, say, the 30th of October. That may not be the actual date. It doesn't matter for this conversation. It's fine. And then we're in those three days that are neither last year or this year. We're in a liminal space. That's a in between mm. these two years. And in that place, we do connect with the other world. And that's what so many of the Halloween stuff emerges from. It kind of annoys me that people think it came from America. It didn't come from America. It, it is, I suppose, it is an expression of a very, very ancient, one of the most sacred festivals in the, in the spirituality of this country. And it's very associated with Tara, which was the place where Samhain was, was celebrated. 
So it's a celebration. So you asked me about the, 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 the other dimension, the other world, is, is it's hard to describe this in two or three sentences, but everything that exists in the universe has a vibration and an energy. And the vibration on planet Earth is what it is, but in the, in the non-physical world, the vibration is different. So when a person dies, my understanding is that the body dies, but the spirit, no, sorry, the soul, um, sorry, the spirit leaves the body and it emerges with the other, it goes back into the other dimension. And very often, after a certain time in that other world, it will reincarnate in a different body. The, I suppose what I, I believe is that every life on earth is part of our soul journey. So we don't get, you know, we often think, oh, why does life treat me so hard? Why does, you know, you see, the, we have the soul and we have the ego and they are not the same thing. And our culture is hugely based on ego because we've lost that connection with the spiritual dimension. Some people have, not everybody, of course. But when we're working from soul, we don't see things. So something happens that is very difficult. And there's two ways we can think about it. As one of my teachers once said, we can either believe that the universe um, is in cooperation with us or it's against us. I choose to believe it's in cooperation with us. So every hard thing that we have to go through allows us to die to some of our beliefs, but it allows us to be born to deeper wisdom and to deeper inner strength. And this great word that's been bandied around so much, resilience. This is not meant to be a holiday. It, I mean, our life. It's, we're here to learn things. We're here to grow as spiritual beings. And I think that's what we have to recognize. And when we recognize that, we see life in a very different way. Mm, I think that's a very important message to get across today. Dolores, I have to leave it there. I'm looking forward to St. Bridget's being the uh, new bank holiday. We'll be talking to you before that, of course, because it, its significance is way deeper than just oh, a, yeah. a, a, the bank holiday aspect oh, of things. It is. It's, it's, like, is. it's a whole change in the focus of our attention. And that is very important. Well, we will be coming back to this with you. Okay. But for the moment, happy sowing. And happy sowing to you too. Okay, bye-bye. God bless you, Dolores. Bye-bye, bye-bye. And I have sitting in front of me that beautiful perpetual Celtic calendar that Dolores gave me many moons ago. I treasure it and I always keep it close by. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We have one of our regulars with us next. Yes, it's the start of the month. We've been talking to her early in the month each month. You might think there's a, a, a sleeping going on in the garden in November, but there's not really, there's things to be done. But Nikki Kyle is joining us next to talk about how us gardeners can help in the context of global warming. Close your eyes and just imagine you're in the knoll with myself and Nikki Kyle because we're in the garden for the next while. Hello, Nikki. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me again today. Look, we, we, we better begin because we can't ignore COP26 yeah. uh, going on in Glasgow. And let's begin. Uh, let's talk about gardeners and people who cook as well. Gardeners, because you, you do both, of course. What can we do to help? Well, I think taking 
doing the cooking first, we can eat with the seasons, Jerry. It makes a huge difference. I get so annoyed when I see health magazines after Christmas promoting all these diets that have asparagus and courgettes and ridiculous things that we couldn't possibly grow in Ireland at this time of year. And we would have to import. You know, there's plenty of wonderful winter veg that we can eat that are really nutritious uh, and warming. Um, And, you know, they're not changing the climate. They don't come with a huge carbon footprint, which all this imported stuff does. I mean, importing beans from Kenya and that sort of thing. I grow beans in the summer and then I freeze them and we eat them in winter. It's crackers. Mm, so the thing is, and look, at I've I've looked at this myself just for our curiosity on the shelves. I'm a Tesco shopper, a regular, and you see, like you know, little corns coming in from Peru, asparagus oh. from you know the other side of the world. You're right, all these things, and yet we have our own turnips and cabbage and sprouts. We have and wonderful, and I mean, those aren't boring things. They're lovely if you cook them properly. You know, we love them. We look forward to them. I mean, that's the whole thing, I think, about eating with the seasons is that you can really look forward year-round to the first asparagus, the first Mm. strawberries, even the first turnips, um, because we love turnips here. You know, uh, uh, but it's it's ruined by being able to buy stuff all year-round from all over the world. And most of it is tasteless, and most of it is not grown organically, and it's full of pesticides, which are actually destroying biodiversity, and they have a huge carbon footprint. So, yeah, it's really crazy. You know, we should think more before we buy stuff. The thing is, if we don't buy it, then the supermarkets won't import it. It's as simple as that. We can vote with our pockets. So true. So let's, that's the first message today. Let's all eat seasonally going forward. Now, what can we grow to reduce our carbon footprint? Well, it it depends whether you want it. I mean, you can grow anything, basically. Growing anything will will actually reduce our carbon footprint. Mm. Um, And even leaving the soil covered in weeds. Don't leave bare soil. I mean, don't do the old-fashioned thing of digging soil, putting loads of manure in it and leaving it uncovered, because that causes massive, massive pollution uh, and uh, emissions of greenhouse gases like nitrous oxide, which is 300 times more damaging to the climate than carbon dioxide. Uh, And, you know, if you don't want to grow something um, and you've got bare soil, just spread compost on the surface and cover it with something waterproof to keep the rain from washing out the nutrients and, again, causing emissions. Just let the worms do the work. And then when you come to uncover it in spring, it'll be absolutely beautiful to work with. Okay, so covering, uh, keeping bare soil covered and protecting it is, is a big help. What about green manures? Yeah, green manures are fantastic things to grow. Um, I find them, because, you know, my, my soil is very heavy clay, I find it actually easier not to grow them outside in the winter. I either leave things in weeds or I cover uh, the beds outside. The, the greenhouse or, or polytunnel is, is better because you can grow green manures without getting too saturated to dig in in time to sow um, spring vegetables, you know. Um, that, that's very important because otherwise you can get really sort of held up. Um, I mean, don't choose peat for gardening, please. Mm. Or fuel. It releases huge amounts of CO2 when dug up, um, but it absorbs far more carbon dioxide than anything else if it's left in the ground. It's very, a very valuable carbon sink. It's really important. Use peat-free compost. That is so important, and uh, uh, you've always been an advocate yeah. of this, and it's very important to, uh, to hammer home that message again. And as well, do your own compost. It's terrific. Make your own compost, yes. But, yeah. you know, sometimes if you're sowing seeds, they can be a bit tricky. Mm. Um, but you don't need a lot of seed compost. Buy a bag of peat-free seed compost and share it with a friend. And I can tell you, uh, uh, you know I grow a lot, Jerry. but a bag of peat-free seed compost lasts me for about two years. 
Yes. So, you know, that, that would last several friends for a year or, or for a couple of years, and that's all you'll need because after that you'll have lovely strong plants grown in this wonderful compost ready to plant out any, anywhere. Cooperate, and cooperation is the word. Now, yeah. let's get on to the tasks you were going to talk about there. Cleaning the greenhouse. Just a question on that. Mine needs a good clean. Is this the best time, or would you let it accumulate more over the winter and clean it in spring? No, I clean it whenever. Is your greenhouse empty right now, Jerry? Uh, well, thanks to you, I still have those perpetual strawberries That's that right. are still yielding beautiful Irish strawberries on my doorstep, not from thousands of miles yeah. away, may I say. That's really all I have in it, a few of those, you know. Well, shame on you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hand smack there. <laughs> because really, you could be growing an awful lot of things in there right now. Really healthy salads and, and vegetables. Uh, and that would actually, it's actually much better for the soil to keep it working. Okay. Not to leave it bare. Right. I mean, there's loads of things you, you could sow now. Uh, and there's a good list on my website, um, .com, is it, you know, There's a, a very extensive list of what you could sow. Um, uh, you know, and it's really important because actually keeping it moist, keeping something growing in it, keeps the worms working, allows them to have something to eat. Because, you know, worms can actually pull greens down into the soil mm. from above the soil. Uh, and they love doing that. I've seen them doing it. Um, you know, and it's really, really important to keep the soil working. It's good for the soil microbes because everything gets hungry. Yes. You know, e even if it's cooler, it's much better to keep it covered. And the light, if it gets uh, very warm in winter, is also bad for the top layers of the soil. You know, it needs to be covered. The only place you see bare soil is in a desert. Mm, that's true. <laughs> that is, that is, that's true. It's such an obvious one. So, yeah. but, but coming back, should I, should I clean the greenhouse now? Yeah, the glass I mean, and... clean, yeah, clean it now. Whenever there's the least stuff in it, so you're okay. doing the least amount of damage to what's underneath, basically. Okay. Um, so I clean mine, uh, I actually clean my polytunnels with a very long, uh, long-handled um, cobweb brush, very gently, um, you know, because they're getting a bit old now. But just be careful not, not to pierce it. But you'll actually find, uh, and if you're worried, you've got a nice big fat cobweb brush. Uh, I think Tesco do wonderful ones. Well, that's where I got mine years ago. Um, tie a tea towel or something around it. Uh, and go, you know, along inside to get all the algae and that kind of stuff off. Yes. Now, um, yesterday, I think uh, the hailstorm here cleared a lot of algae off the outside of mine. Um, but if you can reach it, it's a good thing to, to actually clean that off as well. And that increases the light transmission to plants, which is very good. You'll have much healthier plants. Now, saving some potatoes uh, to sprout, uh, to get ready to sow in January, is yeah. it too early to start thinking about that? No, not at all, because they'll sit there quite happily. I mean, some of my early potatoes, which I dug in the spring, are sitting in a, co a cold room now, uh, waiting for January. Uh, and They'll romp away, you know. They'll just go on sort of sprouting quietly, and you don't need to do anything to them. Um, literally just sit there and sprout. Is it too early to think about next year's seeds and the catalogues and no, stuff like that? I would have like a that? look uh, at what you want. Just go through your seed collection first. I mean, I've got boxes yep. and boxes of seeds, uh, which I'm often very grateful for because I'll find an old variety which isn't being sold anymore, which, um, you know, I've suddenly done some more research on and found it, it, it's really good. So uh, it, you, you just don't throw stuff out because, uh, you know, I'm actually sowing beetroot seed now, an incredibly rare beetroot seed which is 12 years old, and it's absolutely fine, particularly if it's organic, because organic seed is much stronger. So it will keep, keep it in a container? It will, in, in, a, in a cold, just keep it in its packet, yeah. in a box, somewhere dry and cold. 
Okay, and they'll keep why yeah, they are. Yeah, so don't absolutely. be don't be chucking out. If you have seeds, no. in, even if there's a date on them, they will germinate. Oh, they will absolutely. The, the the things that are worst at germinating when they're a couple of years old are sort of carrots and celery and uh, parsnips, which are basically the, roughly the same family. You know, they're all umbellifers, and they're not too keen to germinate when they're older. But some will. But the thing is that these seed packets tell you to sow the whole packet which is a complete waste. Yeah, you know, sow things into modules, you'll use far less seed, waste far less money, uh, and have much better plants to plant out. I'm going to curry favour with you now. I forgot, I have some herbs in pots in my greenhouse, oh, so I'm, it's not all <laughs> vacant soil like the desert. Anyway, what about sprouting seeds on a windowsill? Are you into that at this oh, time yeah, of the absolutely. year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, you know, I grow microgreens, which is sort of, a microgreen is a crop that you actually slice off with scissors when it's a couple of inches high, whereas sprouting seeds in a jar is a different thing. You just eat the whole seed. You know, with microgreens, you just eat the top that's grown. Uh, but they're both very nutritious and they're very valuable to have in salads at this time of year. But if you're growing sprouting seeds, you must rinse two or three times a day. Finally, at this time of the year, as you've seen, temperatures are uh, dropping at night time. Daytimes can be sunny. Uh, so you have the contrast of cold at night, yeah. heat in the day, ventilation is important still, isn't it? Even winter. Yeah, it, it, all year round ventilation is terribly important. Uh, and actually, I got some wonderful fleece, which I tried for the first time last night from Fruit Hill Farm, which ha- is sort of... Um, it's a bit like Airtex, if you remember Airtex. Is it sold anymore? I don't know. <laughs> it's sort of got holes in. It's not like the normal fleece, and it seems to have much better light transmission and air circulation. And it's really light. It slides across the crops easily. So I had it on my winter lettuce uh, last night because we had minus four here last night. Mm. Um, And it's going to be as bad again tonight, I think. So, you know, something like that. I think Fruit Hill Farm sells small amounts or any kind of fleece. Just protect things that are growing. It's it's well worth it. Yes, protect at night, ventilate at daytime, clean the greenhouse. And take the the fleece off during the day. Yeah, very important to let the light in and utilise your tunnels or greenhouses or your windowsills. There's still lots to be done in the month of November. Nikki, great as usual. Talk to you next month. Okay. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Nikki Kyle there. NikkiKyleGardening.com. That woman. Check out our website. As she says there, even at the moment, what you can do, it's all there. NikkiKyleGardening.com. You'll pick up all the information. Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber collaborating on that one there. I don't care. Mr. Sheeran is coming to Ireland. He's in Croke Park on the 23rd and 24th of April. Thoman on the 25th of May. On the 5th of May, should I say. And he's in Parky Creeve as well. Good God, they'll sell out in a minute. I'd love to go and see him. Never seen him in content. I'd really like to go and see Mr. Sheeran play. He is simply fantastic. Louise, did you save? Did you save in the last 12, 24 months? No. Did you? Yes. I, I, I definitely say I saved money in the last couple of years. A, yeah, a, a good bit of money. Not bad. Not bad at all because... No. Well, I know it's a lockdown, but like... Well, no holidays. No going abroad. You know, spend a good few pounds on the old holliers each year. None of that. That was a big, big saving. You know what I mean? Not driving with the lockdown. You know what I mean? Less driving for sure. And, and less on fuel, etc. as well. Um, not going out to eat. <laughs> not going out you to eat. You must be a right socialite. <laughs> oh, my God. We, hey, Lester, Jerry. I love going out. Love going out for a bite to eat. You know what I mean? And enjoying myself like that. All that was off the agenda, Louise.
Mm. As Kelly's kitchen's open for more business. That's it. Well, I, <laughs> I said no because we have three kids, so we don't go out much anyway. Yeah, so yeah, apart from yeah. driving mm. to soccer and football and campo and yeah. all the rest of it, you didn't our see lives a big difference. Change that yeah, much. yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure there are people, a lot of people in your bracket as well, and people like myself. But certainly, those three big categories for us were nil point nil in terms of spend so you'd have to put that money by you know what I mean and have it for a rainy day uh, you know and we're spending a few pounds on the house now it's long overdue uh, and it's great you know what I mean that we've been able to trade one for the other and I know an awful lot of people are getting work done and... yeah 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 it's a good time so it is but God almighty Louise tell me this I just please I here that it's sorry Tip but consumers lucky enough to retain their jobs saved more than 31 billion last year yeah, the, the savings More in, than the SIA. Yes, yes, because that's why there's caps now. Credit unions will only allow you to save so much. The banks will only guarantee so much. They'll be nearly charging you for money on deposit. So, you know, that's all an upshot of more money going into savings and people not spending it as well. But tell me this. Look into your crystal ball there for me, Miss Ferreter. Will I get away on a holiday next year? Will I? Will I? Can you see a holiday in your crystal ball for me? Please say yes. Please say yes. Will I? Will I? Will you'd I? You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah, you'd hope that next year would bring... Even though, you know, this thing is... You know, it's lingering. It's yes, it is again. Unfortunately, and the cases are huge. And I say again to people: wash the hands, keep the distance, wear the masks, and if you can avoid crowds, do do. It's you good. Have sense. a good holiday in Mead. In County Mead, sure. <laughs> I think you Go could. across the border, too. Aye, Louise, on the hill at Tara, she'd have me. Where else would it be? Only bring me up the hill, march them up nice the, little trek. to the top of the hill and march them down again. Her favourite place in the county. You're right, the Boyne Valley and Mead has lost to Affer, as has County Louth as, as well. Two lovely counties. <laughs> Italia, of course. Oh, no, you have me really upset. Anyway, please, God, watch this space. My artist of the week this week is Lady Gaga. And following on from the success of Poker Face, which was the best-selling single in the world in 2009, shifting, listen to this, 9.8 million copies. The album from which it came and the single cleaned up at the Grammy Awards. While on tour with the Pussycat Dolls that same year, Gaga wrote more songs which yielded hits like Bad Romance, Telephone and Alessandro, the video of which was deemed blasphemous by the Catholic League. Can you believe it? She was never far from controversy, always on the edge, which attracted a massive following. In 2009 and into 2010, MTV Music Awards, more Grammys, the Guinness Book of Records for most downloads ever, 150 weeks on the UK singles charts, Everything Lady Gaga touched turned to gold. She was phenomenal in every sense. Her creativity, singing, musicality, stagecraft all set the young woman from Manhattan apart. Today, I'm going with this one from Gaga's third EP called The Fame Monster, which sold 5.9 million copies in the United States alone. Yes, it's bad romance. Oh, 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 oh,
listener on to me to say, wouldn't it be a good idea, Jerry, to give a booster jab to all teachers as well, considering frontline health staff are getting it? It wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Thank you for your message to the show. What a lovely act of kindness. Katrina was in touch with us from Boomerang Cafe in Drogheda, and she was listening to Jimmy Crosby telling us of his disappointment about the family visit to the Puka Festival. And Katrina is offering Jimmy and his family... Uh, the um, she's issued an invitation to Jimmy and his family, should I say, to attend their junior Christmas party in Fair Street at their place. They have a lovely place, the Boomerang there. Katrina, thank you for that lovely uh, act of kindness and we'll pass on your details to Jimmy for sure. Isn't that nice? It really is nice. Love that. I really do. Now, it's uh, a few weeks since we heard from our Sinead Burke, but we have a very special Burke's banter for you today because Sinead knew Michael McDonough, the late Michael McDonough very well and here is Sinead with our tribute to Michael called The Quiet Voice. The most productive and enjoyable work meetings I ever had was when I was sat drinking tea in the shed at the back of the Meath Travellers workshops with the late Michael McDonough. Over the years we spent hours plotting and planning among the tools and the marvellous pieces of junk Michael had found at some market but hadn't yet decided what he was going to do with. Out of that shed came some brilliant pieces of work. We launched a mobile citizen's information van, which toured halting sites and housing estates. We compiled an online photographic archive of photographs of travellers on the road from the early 1900s. That led to a bizarre phone call from a magazine based in Tel Aviv who wanted to write an article about us. We even planned an international heritage festival which took place on the Hill of Tara and went on to win a national award. The flow of these sessions generally followed the same pattern. We could try this. What if we did that? Do you know who we could bring on for that other thing? Some bright ideas never made it out of the shed door, but others grew wings and flew. The best brought together groups and individuals who never in a million years thought that they would be doing a piece of work with the traveller group and despite any early nerves or hesitancy they might have had, ended up learning something and enjoying themselves. Michael spent his life challenging the stereotype many people have of travellers. His most powerful argument was being himself. He was eloquent, he was friendly, and he was passionate about achieving equality for his community and making sure his children and grandchildren would have the same chances in life settled kids have. Over the years I watched him disarm critics with his openness and easily neutralise hostility with his phenomenal knowledge and pride in traveller history and culture. It was very hard to argue with Michael because he was not in the least bit interested in arguing with you. He was a decorated Irish soldier but stayed away from political combat. He wanted to talk to you. He wanted to listen to what you had to say. He wanted to work with you. The first thing he said to anyone who walked into his office was always, See, she is August Ligdeski. You're a welcome guest. And everyone was. I think quiet leaders can be the most effective. People who gently and determinedly get on with their mission without grandstanding and roaring. Strong and calm people determinedly trying to make this country a better place. They've looked around and seen a problem that needs to be solved and are driven only by the conviction of trying to do the right thing. People like this are not looking for votes. They're fighting for change. Lately, it feels like the volume of the world has been turned up. 
there's always been politicians talking over each other. Slanging matches between political parties, civil groups, special interests and business sectors are all part of the public discourse. Fiery debate is a healthy part of democracy. But lately, there's so much noise. It's hard to hear what's actually been said. It's difficult to have a conversation when everyone is yelling at each other. Michael was a great man for the chat, but I never once heard him raise his voice. The president, Michael D. Higgins, attended his funeral. Although they were personal friends over the years, Uchtrona Heron represented Ireland on that day. His presence said the work of this man mattered. Equality matters. Traveller rights matter. Working together matters. Thank you for all you have done. All of us who had the privilege to work with Michael, to learn from him and to sit in a shed drinking tea with him are richer because of it. And maybe when he come back to say condolences to Nella's wife. ...he would be if their work and the example they gave us died with them. Amongst Michael's many achievements was the work he put into having travellers recognised as an ethnic group. As he stood in the doll on that important day, he was surrounded by younger members of the community. He leaves them with his most important legacy. Understanding the value of collaboration, knowing the importance of listening and being proud of who you are. We have lost a giant of a man. I was lucky to have him as a mentor and proud to call him a friend. Yes, and I echo those words as well. What a beautiful tribute to the uh, late Michael McDonough, the quiet voice that really summed the man up and we belatedly offer our sympathies to his wife Nell and family. He was a great, great man. He left his mark and his legacy will roll on, that's for sure. That's almost a lot on late lunch this Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow, midweek Wednesday, Bobby McCormick is with us. He's from Local NGO Development Perspectives and he gives us his perspective and their perspective on COP26. Chalky Walkie Do That. Yes, Suzanne Sullivan tells us about our new chocolate business. Can't wait. Darrow Healy's with us as well. He's had trouble today navigating the streets of Drogheda with roadworks and he's going to explain what happened to him and tell us what it's like getting about in a busy town when you don't have your sight and depending on your guide dog. More besides as well on the show tomorrow. Eddie Caffey's next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. But today we're leaving you in the company of the wonderful Christina Perry and Jar of Hearts. See you tomorrow. No, I can't take one more step towards you Cause all that's waiting is regret 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.